1: Hello and welcome to the Countryfile Easter podcast, your behind-the-scenes guide to Countryfile magazine. With me in the studio today are Deputy Editor Claire Hargreaves. Hello. Outdoors Editor Joe Tinsley. Hello there. And our Production Editor Dave Perrett. Hello. We're here to talk about the new issue of Countryfile, uh, among other things, which hits the shops on the 9th of March. It's a celebration of spring, and after the winter we've had, I guess we could all do with a reminder of the warmer, greener, gentler times ahead – Um, Regular readers will notice that the magazine has had a complete spring clean. We've given it a fresh new design, but kept all your favourite features. We hope that the new magazine will inspire you to get out and explore the British countryside more and tell you a bit more about the places you visit, the wildlife you see and the people that you you may meet out there. So what's in this month? Um, Dave is going to tell us about uh,
2: the seasonal bit, Month in the Country. Thanks, Fergus. Right, well, um, this being the Easter special, the issue is packed with Easter goodies (laughs) – including um, the origin of Easter bunnies, hot cross buns, egg rolling and traditional Easter plays. We also feature spring wildlife, such as uh, rookeries that you might see when you're out in the countryside, uh, chiff chaffs, which you also might catch a glimpse of, brimstone butterflies and brown hares. And we also give a guide as to where you can see brown hares in the countryside this spring. We also feature the, the best seasonal spring food and food that you can forage in the countryside this month. Yeah, brilliant. I mean, the,
1: the whole opening section of the magazine is a sort of seasonal hit. Everything you want to know about Easter in the countryside this month. Um, Joe, how about our the, the brand new Great Days Out section? What have we got coming up?
0: Um, well, this issue, I'm really excited to be introducing the um, the new look, Great Days Out. Previously, it's been a series of pull-out route cards looking at cycle routes and, um, and walks around the countryside. But as of this issue, we, we're actually putting together a series of mini travel features. So... As well as having walks, which are still in there, we're also going to have day trip guides, we're going to look at the most beautiful villages, most exciting market towns, nature reserves. It's going to be introduced by Julia Bradbury, um, and the theme for the first issue is is Easter days out, so Julia's going to be telling us about her favourite place to visit at Easter, which is actually Rutland Water, where she grew up, Um, and then we get a nice little insight into the, uh, the family Bradbury in there. Some highlights that we have as well that um, in this issue is Farndale in North Yorkshire, which is a secluded valley in the North York Moors, um, which is just covered in wild daffodils at this time of year. We also have Laycock in Wiltshire, which is a fantastic little village to visit. Um, it's uh, the location of um, many of your favourite period dramas from Cranford to Pride and Prejudice. The recent um, Wolfman was actually, parts of that were filmed there as well. And not only do they have a, a brilliant Easter egg trail there, but you can actually go to the Fox Talbot Museum, and, um, which is a birthplace of modern photography, and actually see the first negative that was ever invented.
1: Brilliant. Thanks, Joe. And Claire, um, we've got a, some new food sections as well this Easter.
0: Yes, you're right.
3: We've given food pages um, a really lovely new look um, with fantastic photography. Um, we start off with a regional food pages and this month we're going to be looking at Jersey Royals which are those fantastic potatoes that are the first to get into the shops and have that lovely nutty flavour and then we'll also be running a strand called Food Hero Um, so each issue we're going to be talking to a food producer and in this Easter issue of course we had to have an Easter egg maker and we tracked down this wonderful guy in Derbyshire, literally on the edge of Mam Tor, who's producing very colourful Easter eggs and also makes chocolates. And one of the things that makes him a bit different from other people is that he forages many of the ingredients that he puts into the chocolates. Um, and then we've got Joanna Blythman, who um, has been with the magazine since it started. She's continuing to do a slightly more investigative look at... A particular food stuff and being easter we wanted to look at lamb so she looks at uh, spring lamb and actually finds that easter isn't the best time to buy lamb because of course easter is when the lambs are being born so um it gets us thinking it might be time to try other things or else you might want to try a hogget which is a lamb that's over a year old so yeah. last year's lamb so the
1: lambs that are born. Around about now, that's right. Are the ones that we eat later in the year as, as spring lamb, and the stuff that we call spring lamb now is actually born in the middle of winter. Is is what comes across from from Joe's article. So it's quite an interesting insight there. And on the subject of lamb, we've got a big feature this month to tie in with lambing live. Adam Henson and Kate Humble's sort of spring watch for farmers, which covers the lambing season so it's a week of live tv from the lambing shed our feature looks at a year in the life of a sheep farmer so you get the behind the scenes how we got to the lambing stage in the first place um will notice on the cover actually um adam clutching two lambs that whole cover shoot was a great story and a bit of a, a, bit, a bit of hard stress hard work getting there but uh, you can see how we got that cover Shoot and that, uh, those lovely lambs in Adam's arms, in a video that we produced. Um, you can find it on our website at www.bbccountryfiremagazine.com on the, And on the subject of features, uh, the other big, big feature in the magazine is a piece that I've written on my favourite place in Britain to go for, for a walk, to go and explore. It's the Marlborough Downs in Wiltshire, which is a wonderful area of chalk upland full of earthworks, barrows, hinges, and hill forts, and it's an absolutely magical place to go I hope you enjoy the feature but as a taster of the area I've done a little outdoor broadcast from a walk I did up on the hills there Here it is I'm sitting on Giant's Grave high up on the Marlborough Downs It's a, it's a huge earthwork on a very steep hill just near uh, the town of Pusey just north of Pusey It's sunny, there's no one here at all It's absolutely stunningly beautiful. To the south of me is the Vale of Pusey, and it's a patchwork of typical English farm fields. And in the distance, another great bank of hills rises up, and that's the beginning of the Salisbury Plain, another great chalk plateau. But uh, Pusey, uh, the Vale of Pusey separates that plateau from this, the Marlborough Downs to my west just beautiful sheeply hills rolling to the west dotted with sheep a few sheep here and there in the lowlands they've been taken off the highlands for now because uh, it's a bit cold up here there's still a bit of the january snow left in patches which is quite amazing um, giant's grave itself is not a grave not a burial mound although there are many here um, it's i think it's the remains of a settlement chalk downland has a very characteristic feel to it it's steep on one side so the southern edge of the marble Downs is very very steep slopes called a scarp whereas the north side is much shallower hills gentler so it's almost like a sort of wedge shape across the downs like rippling waves Um, i'd love to draw you a diagram but i hope that helps now the crowns of these hills are often covered in little stands of beaches so you've got a, like a like a little Mohican hairdo on top of the hills, and uh, you often get things like rookeries there or buzzards' nests. Good vantage points for looking out over the countryside, looking for prey, looking for danger. Uh, I'm in one of those vantage points now. It's a bit windswept, but really lucky. It's sunny today, and. Uh, I can see for miles and miles just I can see Salisbury Plain to the south but there are hills beyond to the east more chalk hills I think possibly Hampshire, Berkshire borders um, mysterious would love to visit them someday but at the moment still heading towards Martinsale Hill which is one of the most beautiful of all the Marlborough Downs Uh, we'll uh, see what's there in a minute Now just heading into a very sharp little ravine Um, quite unusual actually it looks like it looks possibly a very ancient greenway a track up to that uh, uh, the settlement at Adam's grave or sorry, Giant's grave Uh, there's all sorts of paths I could take quite keen not to lose too much height because I'm absolutely out of breath after that last climb but it's a fabulously mysterious path Sort of covered trees cover it, so it creates a little tunnel. Um, but I'm heading back up onto the ridge. The turf that I'm walking through is extremely wildlife-rich. Um, obviously, at the moment it's January, so there's not a whole lot around. But I can see little mounds all through the grass. These are ant hills. Some of them, one here, has been clearly dug up by something with big sharp claws. I imagine a badger. Probably a very hungry winter badger looking for ant larva or grubs or whatever, whatever may be skulking de- deep down in the ant hills, waiting for spring to stir it into action. And there are lots of birds that feed on ants and their larva, things like green woodpeckers, quite common on downland where they come out and feed on the little insect, insect life here. Ants, particularly, are their favourite. And there's not a lot of small bird life. I think that will mostly have moved things like yellow hammers and linnets move to the valleys at the moment. All right, so I've just clambered the ramparts of Martincell Hill Fort. And uh, unfortunately, well, depending on your point of view, but lots of strange trees up here, lots of conifers growing in the middle, like old Christmas trees. I wanted to go, hollies and some hawthorn, um, but you can't really get a sense of the hillfort itself. I'm now clambering down the other side of the outer outer bank, underneath an enormous yew tree, I'm just staring from the top of the hillfort down into a most wonderful horseshoe-shaped swirl of downland. Uh, that's Martin Martinsell Hill. Um, hidden away, it's very difficult to find. You know, easy enough on an ordinary survey map, but to get here, you've got to walk a long way across open countryside or climb a lot of hills. But what a lovely, beautiful little treasure of the landscape hidden away. Hardly recommend climbing up to the fort and looking down into that. Absolutely stunning. So, walking across the ridge here looking down into the Vale of Pusey, which separates the Marlborough Downs, or Marlborough Downs, as uh, locals call it, from the Great Chalk Plateau to the south, which is Salisbury Plain. Now, I don't know if you'll be able to pick it up on this recorder, but there's some distant booming now and again from Salisbury Plain. Anyone who knows that vast kind of no-man's land knows that it's, it's a place where the well, NATO British Army practice their tank manoeuvres for the next time that uh, they ever attack a chalk plateau, presumably. Now into the inner sanctum of the fort. There, I've stormed it. did better than probably some Iron Age attackers years ago, but there's only a few yew trees here to keep me at bay. I'm going to gaze on a very welcoming bench where I can st- sit on the edge of the Marl- Marlborough Downs and gaze at Salisbury Plain in the glorious late January sunshine beat sitting in an office Anyway, looking at the countryside below, the patchwork of fields there's... um. Lovely sort of mist rising from each little Cooman valley and each sort of fold in the landscape. Just as the sun burns it off, it creates a lovely, mysterious feel. Well, this whole Marlborough Downs area is covered with hill forts, so there must be lots and lots of petty kingdoms and little chieftains constantly fighting each other, constantly on the watch on these hilltops for uh, raiding parties. There would never be massive battles, Um, talking to historians on BBC History magazine. Sort of war bands of anything from sort of 10 to 200 people, 200 men might go off, do a bit of cattle rustling, slaughter a few people. Uh, Yeah, unpleasant times I suspect, but it would have been wilder, it would have been more wildlife rich then just disturbed a flock of skylarks. Um, they don't do their singing, their lovely Vaughan Williams style lark ascending there. That's their sort of uh, that's their alarm call I guess. There's probably 20 of them, 25. Just uh they were hidden in the stubble and uh, obviously we we're crouching down hoping I wouldn't come too close but unfortunately I didn't know they were there. So they've uh, they've gone up a little bit annoyed with me still lovely to see them Um, in a month's time or less depending if we get a few more days like this the males will start doing their yo-yoing song from high up in the sky it's really ventriloquial very hard to actually spot them tiny dots but the song is just well if you haven't heard it what have you been doing all your life but if you have heard it you'll know just how uplifting How what a evocative, fabulous reason to get out into the countryside. Beautiful, beautiful. One of the games uh, I quite like to play from the top of the downs in when it's summer and the sunshine's a bit brighter and the clouds are a bit less monotonous is uh, cloud chasing. It's where you stand on top of a hill and you can look down at the shadows of the the, um, clouds on the ground scudding along and uh, well they don't overtake each other generally all going at the same pace but it's a rather beautiful fun thing to while away a a few minutes a few hours actually such things excite me it's time to descend the hill from Giant's Grave back to the village of Orr in the valley below the Vale of Pusey there um, right on the edge of the Downs, where I'd left my car. So, just one last look at the scenery. To the in front of me, so south, I can see little whipped peaks of downland. The kind of edge of the Marlborough Downs to the southwest, but directly south, kind of looming brow of the Salisbury Plain Plateau, and all those tanks and artillery to the west so my immediate right there's a great surging hill <laughs> really big imposing hill with lots of scrub on it uh, and that leads away west to my favourite Pusey Downs that's, that's Knapp Hill over there another, I think there's another Iron Age settlement on top of that and beyond that you've got Pusey Downs Milk Hill and Turnhill, Wiltshire's Twin Peaks, the two highest points in Wiltshire. So, if you climb those, you can say you've mastered one county at least. Um, there's a white horse there as well, and the lovely barge inn down in Honey Street, which I may head to later if I've got time. I wanted to finish this podcast on, on a high but I've just seen one of my... Oh, experience experienced one of my absolute bugbears of a walk in the countryside just walking back into the village of Or and there, to the side of the path, on a stone oh, it was a little ancient milestone is a plastic bag filled with dog muck so someone has taken the, ch- the time to pick up their dog muck wrap it up, tie it up in a plastic bag but instead of taking it home they've left it for someone else to deal with um, I think that is pretty despicable particularly as it's at child height so a kid could easily sort of pick it up I often see them hung on tr bag these bags hung on trees at sort of kid's head height totally irresponsible don't leave it for someone else right, end of rant The pretty village of ore is coming up and uh, I'm glad I have got that off my chest but maybe I'll have a quick cheeky half in the pub and chat to the landlord cheers as you can hear from uh, from my lovely walk well it was a lovely walk until the very last few yards when um i came across the unfortunate bag of dog muck um it really is my pet hate whenever i go on a walk in the countryside i seem to come across these horrible things has anyone else got any sort of really um the things that drive them mad when you're going for a walk in the countryside or
0: one one thing that I can't stand is um, I mean I've already said in previous podcasts that I generally do get attacked by farmyard animals here and there but the one thing that really uh, annoys me about the countryside is when, when farmers have aggressive farmyard dogs which then go out onto paths and attack walkers as they go by I mean obviously you can understand why farmers have you know have, have dogs and that they are quite sort of aggressive but it's when they start to attack and chase walkers is when I, I have a problem. Have with you them. ever been bitten? Um, I haven't been bitten. I've, I've I've come close. My my dad's been bitten, um, and I think you have as well. Haven't I did you? get
1: bitten by a sheepdog in in the Welsh borders once. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, I, did it successfully get you into a pen, or <laughs> <laughs> it got my hand into a pen, oh, right. but the rest of me was fleeing over the hill. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's it's pretty scary. And Dave, any
2: well, I'm afraid my pet hate is um, very boring, and it's one that won't go away, and it's just litter in the countryside. I hate the fact that um, pe- the floor of people's vehicles is so precious that they can't stand an empty drinks bottle being on there for just a few minutes while they make their journey home. They have to throw it into the hedge. Um, and when I see it, I pick it up, but I just don't know why more isn't being done to stop this.
1: It is very depressing, that, that sort of toss it into the countryside and forget about it. Well, that's it, really, for this month's uh, podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Um Do let us know what you think. Do write to us at editor at bbccountryfile.com. Tell us your thoughts, anything we could include in future. And uh, hope to speak to you again soon. Bye-bye from us all.